Hello, and welcome to the I Hear Design podcast, your source for interior design and architecture news, views, and opinions. I'm your host, Robert Nyaminen, and I'm glad you've tuned in for this episode produced in partnership with Leviton, because we're going to be talking about something that's been on everyone's mind for the past two years, and that's wellness. We've heard a lot about how commercial interiors are being cleaned more regularly with harsher chemicals and the need for more robust air filtration systems, for example. But how else can the built environment help support human health and well-being? I recently sat down with David Buer, Director of Product Management at Leviton, Bruce Ramsey, Brand Manager for the Viscor brand, and Tim Stevens, Director of Product Management at Certilux, to talk about how lighting and control systems specifically as well as a human-centric approach to lighting design can have a positive impact on occupants of a space. Have a listen. All right. Well, hi, David, Bruce, and Tim. Thank you all for being on the podcast. It's great to have you all here. Great to be here, Robert. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited for our conversation today because I know we're going to be talking about a topic that's been top of mind for the past two years. Uh, but one that's also going to continue to um, be informing the design, uh, interior design industry as we move forward in the years ahead. And I'm talking, of course, about uh, well-being and human health. And we have a lot uh, to talk about today. But before we get into our topic, um, why don't you each introduce yourselves uh, to our listeners? So, David, why don't you go first? Sure, why not? Uh, my name is David Bure, Director of Product Management at Leviton Manufacturing. I've been uh, with the company now for, I don't know, about 19 and a half years and work out of our Portland, Oregon office in the Lightning and Controls Business Unit. All right. What about you, Bruce? Um, my name is Bruce Ramsey. I'm uh, the brand manager here at Viscor, a Leviton company. I work out of our Toronto plant, and I've been with the company for about the last nine and a half years, and I'm basically responsible for all things related to our visionary brand. Great, great. Last but not least, Tim, uh, why don't you introduce uh, yourself to our listeners? Well, I'm Tim Stevens, and uh, I'm the director of product management for one of the lighting brands of uh, Leviton called Certilux. Uh, Certilux uh, makes the technical lighting um, common in uh, surgical, medical, uh, and uh, other technical spaces. Okay, great. Well, for our listeners that don't know uh, Leviton very well or not familiar with it, can you please tell us a little bit about your company and the brands you represent? Uh, sure. Uh, Leviton Manufacturing, of course, is a, I don't know, about a 115-year-old company now. Uh, and ironically enough, we got our start uh, on the streets of New York's with Isidore Leviton selling gas mantles out of uh, out of a push cart. Uh, so that was back in about 1906. Uh, currently, Leviton manufactures on four continents and supplies the needs of electrical wiring and lighting control solutions for residential, commercial, uh, and industrial markets, as well as light fixtures and network connectivity for all markets. Uh, my focus within Leviton is on commercial lighting controls segment of our, our product line. Sure. Okay, great. What about the Viscor brand? Can you tell us more about that? Uh, definitely. So Viscor as a company has been around for uh, almost 70 years now. Uh, we've been a part of the Leventon company or Leventon family for the last three years. Uh, we're a manufacturer of uh, commercial, industrial, um, medical, um, and um, institutional lighting out of uh, Toronto, uh, servicing all of North America. And our main focus is really providing quality products that are customizable and creating custom solutions that uh, are applicable to a wide range of unique opportunities. Great. All right. Perfect. Thank you for that. 
So um, let's go ahead and dive into our conversation. And I wanted to open up uh, with a question about, um, you know, what are some of the most important design considerations for inside commercial buildings today? Um, David, can you touch on that for us a little bit? Yeah, that is a great question and uh, a very big topic, actually. But, mm -hmm. you know, there's definitely been some changes over time. And, you know, I, I think, you know, probably the biggest change that we're seeing right now is this concept of transitory workspace and it, it really becoming a reality. Now, that said, the core space types that we define for, uh, you know, for example, office space, education, hospitality, you know, the like, mm -hmm. hasn't really changed as it relates to the implementation of our design goals, with the exception of this new concept uh, that we call wellness. And right. wellness is really something that's beginning to touch all technologies being installed into a building, you know, whereas before it was more about what happens in the space. Uh, now we're going as far as how can the wall, how can the wall switch or the light fixture support wellness in a space? And what does that look like? Um, you know, all that said, uh, if there is, you know, a biggest design change, I think it's the concept of where do we put the value into the building and building design? And, and again, that's probably one of the biggest, uh, most exciting things to me is because we, we, we're starting to ask and understand the answer to the question, where does your money go into the operation and maintenance of a building? Mm -hmm. uh, if we look back a few years ago, everybody would have said, oh, it's HVAC is the most expensive thing as a building. Uh, and lighting is the second most expensive thing in the building. Well, guess what? They're all wrong. The mm -hmm. most expensive part and operating cost of a building is the people in it. And it's the most valuable thing in our buildings. And the design community has made a transition to just worrying about the tasks that go on a building to accommodating the needs of the people as well. And that's why concepts like wellness and controls and lighting design for wellness are as important a design criteria now as they ever have been. And that's new. Yeah. Yeah, and that's really well said, David. Um, you know, I think now more than ever, products need to perform and really support the, the health and wellness of occupants more than ever. Um, and what would you say, um, you know, in terms of the design philosophy, um, like how has that changed in the last 12 to 16 months? Like, you know, in what ways has the pandemic changed the way designers need to consider product specifications today that they didn't have to maybe, you know, a couple of years ago? Yeah, ultimately, I think the concept of the transitory workspace, like I mentioned earlier, is you know, is absolutely new. Um, and the reason that's new is because what occurs in a space may change every day of the week or every week of the month. Um, you know, when you talk about lighting design, you talk about what are you designing for? Am I designing for somebody that's doing CAD work, you know, which is one style of lighting design? Or, you know, as a computer office work, which is another style of design? Or am I designing for uh, an elderly judge who's reading legal briefs, you know, on his desk in his hands? And, you know, and what we're seeing now is that that task in the space is changing every single day. In our, in our own facility, we got spaces that are being used for customer service one day and CAD the next day. You know, so that's, you know, that's really new to us. Uh, the concept of sanitation and cleanliness is new. You know, that's always been what the janitors, but now we talk about how light fixtures can contribute to the cleanliness or the sanitation, sanita sanitation of the space. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, when it comes to how do specifiers need to change what they're doing, it comes down to the fact that they need to specify the details about how their space will be used and how it will change during occupied hours 
So us controls manufacturers can ensure the systems are set up to accommodate those needs. You know, things like sequence of operations are really just a great tool uh, that we can use is how to communicate what happens in a space and how it happens because they're easy to understand and they can be impl implemented across any brand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what role do you uh, see lighting and controls playing specifically in regards to well-being and human health? Yeah, so, um, you know, design, so, so certainly some of the things that we just talked about. So like, you know, design impacts the people uh, in the space and we have to make the lighting and the design appropriate to the tasks that's going on as well as handle and accommodate their emotional response to the building. So, you know, that task appropriateness and that wellness uh, is an integral piece to that, you know, to that design now. Um, other things that we take a look at, this concept of circadian rhythm is, you know, probably one of the most exciting topics out there, uh, you know, next to wellness for me. And in reality, it's part of wellness, but it's saying, look, the body has some natural rhythms and the body responds to, you know, different color temperatures of light through the day. We understand that now. So how can we simulate that in an office space so that the body is getting the same type of stimulus? You wake up in the morning, you go to sleep at night, and how do we accommodate and support those natural rhythms? Really, 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 really exciting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, what types of spaces do you see human-centric lighting having the biggest impact? Uh, ultimately, any space where a person or an individual spends a lot of time. So things like office spaces and classrooms. You know, I know for myself, I go into my office in the middle. Certainly I walk around during the day, but I'm primarily occupying that office all day long. Classrooms are the same way. We're putting our kids in a classroom for, you know, five, six, seven hours a day. And that's where we make the biggest impact. Um, other spaces where people just pass through, you know, you know, not so much of a play for um, human-centric lighting when it comes to the design aspects. However, we certainly can uh, work on uh, some of the sanitation aspects, uh, and that works really well in transitory spaces or in pass-through style spaces. But things like, you know, color tuning and BIOS technology and that type of thing, that works really well when you're in spaces where people spend a lot of time. Sure. And if, if I could add to that as well, I yeah. think some of the spaces that we we don't necessarily think about as much, unless you're someone who works, you know, on a shift, um, would be places like hospitals where you have nurses that are working on shift work that may be working, you know, from, you know, the early afternoon to the late evening overnight. And they're doing that only a few times a week. Now, you imagine that could significantly impact their regular sleeping pattern if they're only working overnight you know, three days out of the week and they're under unnatural light sources. So the ability to change the output color temperature, the, the wavelength of that lighting as well has a significant impact on their health um, as they go back to a regular schedule of sleeping at night and being active during the day. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, those circadian rhythms are, are so important to keep, uh, you know, in, in good health. So yeah, that, that's that's great. Um. Bruce, what Leviton lighting options exist within uh, BIOS? So uh, BIOS, and you know, as David was mentioning earlier, is uh, a great solution for um, you know circadian lighting, as it does provide that sky blue that helps to kind of 
tell our bodies what we need to do at that time, whether it's time for us to be alert, whether it's time for us to start to kind of wind down. Uh, and we actually have quite a few different offerings within the Contact, Intense, and the Viscor brands of the Leviton Lighting, um, whether it's cylinders, whether it's uh, troughers, down lights, wall washes, uh, some patient room solutions, and uh, surgical suite solutions. We have a, a quite a, a wide offering. And specifically with Viscor, um, we do a lot of customization. So, you know, if you go to our website at levitonlighting.com, you can see all of the products that we currently have in the portfolio. But we actually have the ability to integrate uh, BIOS into even a wider portion of our portfolio as needed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, so I've been hearing a lot about UV lighting and disinfection. Um, how does UV lighting uh, technology actually disinfect a space? Um, Bruce or Tim, do you, do you want to take that one? I'll take that one. Uh, well, the way UVA light works at killing bacteria is that the light reaches the bacteria from the light fixture and it travels through the cell's outer wall and it creates a chemical reaction within the cell. That chemical reaction interrupts respiration and that inactivates the cell or kills the cell. It also prevents uh, replication. So those things are happening whenever they, that UVA light reaches the cell. Okay, yeah, thanks for that. What would you say uh, are some of the challenges that specifiers need to be aware of when it comes to UV lighting? Well, there's several. Um, I guess the, the first one is that um, UVA light comes in many forms and we've all heard um, uh, that that UVI, UV light is dangerous, and but not all UV light is the same. And specifically, that many forms thing is uh, wavelength, and wavelength will determine the amount of UV light a luminaire or fixture is allowed to provide. For instance, a UVC source at say 265 nanometers is limited to less than one percent of the power of a 365 nanometer UVA source. So not all UV is the same. I think that's the, 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 the takeaway from that conversation. Uh, there is a safety standard that governs the limits of UV exposure and assigns one of four risk groups to uh, these types of lighting uh, products. Uh, risk group zero is where Leviton fixtures perform. It allows us to uh, continuously provide light for disinfection purposes. The next thing I'd like to um, reference is that the distance to the surface that you want to disinfect is very important. Generally speaking, light-based disinfection technologies have an irradiance level or, or dose that should be achieved to produce the level of disinfection that you're looking for. A, a while back, I was asked to provide a disinfection for a food processing facility where the ceilings were 25 feet high uh, above the floor or above the work surface. Disinfection energy and all light energy is reduced by the square of the distance. So distance makes taller ceilings more challenging. So consider if you're looking to do apply one of these technologies, if your ceilings are high, a suspended solution might be a better uh, choice. Uh, alternately, you might need to add more fixtures. Um, and, the, and then the third thing is that, you know, um, given that the... Uh, uh, cleaning technology is um, episodic in nature. The addition of continuous UVA disinfection can fill in the gap between cleaning cycles. And that's why um, 
the challenge is there that that the cleaning cycles are not uh, um, often enough in spaces that are under continuous use. So that's one of the reasons why we preferred to work with a technology that's a continuous technology. Sure. Okay. Can you talk a little bit more specifically about what some of the Leviton lighting options are that exist with UVA lighting technology? Uh, sure. I think I'll I'll I'll, I'll speak to that. Um, so the first product that we did release uh, is our uh, LRT HDFX. So uh, the Viscore product is branded as the DFX series, um, and this is a architectural recess troffer. Uh, it looks consistent with our more popular uh, standard LRTH. Um, and that's really purposeful because this is really intended for occupied spaces. I mean, that's really, uh, you know, as Tim was was speaking about, that's really what makes this um, a special product is that uh, it, it operates like a standard troffer. Um, it looks like a standard troffer and it is appropriate and designed to be in occupied spaces. Um, a, a, a lot of the, you know, um, uh, other types of, of UV disinfectant products come with a little bit more of a, either a warning or require you to actually operate it without, uh, people in the space, or they become a little more obvious in their use. So the LRTH is a, a single lens, um, two by two, two by four, one by four, uh, that has basically two circuits. It's got a, a white LED portion that just provides your regular ambient light. You can dim that. And then it has another circuit, which is an on and off that provides that UV disinfection. Now, although it turns on and off, the reality is you never need to turn it off uh, because you can always just keep it on and allow it to continuously disinfect the space, whether it's occupied or not. Uh, the second release that we had after that was a retrofit kit, uh, which provides the same aesthetic, the same look, but of course, it allows you to install it without disrupting the plenum. Uh, and then the third offering that we had was our Elcom DFX, which is a uh, ceiling surface uh, linear product, uh, which is great for those spaces where yeah, you need that linear light and you don't have any uh, recessed portion uh, that you can place the, the tropper. Um, we are also working on some solutions for the medical field and healthcare field. Um, and this is really important to us specifically because the product is uh, extremely effective at disen, uh, disengaging or, or deactivating harmful bacteria. Uh, and in the hospital spaces, harmful bacteria is one of the main causes of hospital-acquired infections. Uh, so we're excited to be working on a product that will be able to help support uh, healthcare spaces uh, with that UVA disinfection. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's great. Looking forward to that uh, launch. Um, the last question I had was around uh, antimicrobial devices. Uh, David, can you tell us a little bit more about those? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we've been talking about how light fixtures can be used to, you know, help sanitize and thereby keep, keep spaces cleaner. The same is true for the wall switches, you know, on the wall, the things that people touch and interact with on a daily basis. And we've developed a line of antimicrobial devices, uh, which include wall box sensors, uh, all of the low voltage system entry stations. And of course, we were just talking about fixtures. And these devices use an antimicro or antimicrobial treated plastic, which helps to keep their surfaces cleaner and prevent microorganisms from degrading the product. Uh, by doing this, we inhibit the growth of mold, mildew, fungus, and odor-causing bacteria that cause discolorization, staining, deterioration, 
corrosion of the device in between, you know, your normal cleaners. And this is just, you know, one of the ways that we'll really adapt to meet the changing needs of our spaces and give you product which can help make your spaces cleaner. Definitely. Yeah, it's really interesting. A lot of great information that our listeners can take home with them. Uh, so, guys, where can um, our listeners go to find out more information about Leviton and its lighting solutions? Is there a, a, a web page they can look up? Yeah, definitely uh, Leviton.com. Uh, we mentioned quite a few different companies and brands, but Leviton.com is the the home for all of our brands. Uh, there is a lighting and controls tab under the uh, burger menu, and then you'll be able to access our full portfolio and all of our companies and brands uh, as, a, as a whole. All right, perfect. Great. Well, that's it for today's episode. Uh, David, Bruce, and Tim, thank you guys for being here. Uh, we really appreciate you sharing your insights and expertise with us. No problem. I appreciate your time and enjoy being here. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for our listeners out there, thanks again for tuning in. And please let us know what you think about today's episode by dropping us a line at IHearDesignPodcast at gmail.com or uh, giving our podcast a rating. So thanks again. And as always, be well, everyone. Mm -hmm.